0: Oh, hello, everybody. It's another Monday, which means it's another Common Sense Uncensored. And uh, if you want to make sure that you're getting the best political factual evidence out there make sure that you go to gfbestsource.com click listen now where it's live to chat click the twitter link no the twitch link in the upper left corner and we're always as always on rumble live and later on so you can watch and share to everyone that you know and my guest today is mr mark nelson we're going to be covering a lot of fun stuff we're going to cover some of the gun rules that are coming down and a Whole bunch of the other things, Mark. How the heck have you been? <laughs> I can't complain. Kit, thanks for having me on today. Good to be back. Oh, I'm glad to see you. You know, the the funny thing is, is that. Uh, <sighs> Finding topics for the show is not a problem lately, so I'm really interested to see how you're going to be doing. Well,
1: you know, there's about 10 hours of material that we got to pack into one, so here we go. It's going to be a good day,
2: baby. Here well, we
0: go. I'm going to start right off with the, you brought you brought visual aids, it's, and so let me let me let me preface this with saying both of us are gun enthusiasts. I mean, that's, that's you me. are too. <laughs> All right. So so this is probably going to be a very fun. show. Show, but but please, please tell me what you have brought that is going to make you a federal offender if you don't jump through some government hoops.
1: Okay, so this has been on my mind for quite a while. As a gun enthusiast, you know, the most popular gun in the U.S. is, of course, the AR-15. Absolutely. Which, by the way, to, I'll speak slowly for the liberals in the back of the <laughs> class, does not mean assault rifle. Thank you. It stands for a company called Armalite nonetheless uh a r fifteens these days really are no different than Legos for big kids that's like Legos for me, and they're really cool and they're really
0: fun. I have to tell you <clears throat> okay I love mine Mahavi bought me one of my very own it's a little lighter weight so you just have one no 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 Hubby, <laughs> no no no. I just have one I have several other okay but but my I only have one a r because it's 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 the girly version but good for you but i'm i I really have to tell you i uh, people look at me and go, you have one of those and i'm like yeah and, and what what do you think is so supposedly so scary about them
1: Well, I think it looks like the military m four and of course you know the liberals' talking point is always like well it 's a weapon of war well yeah so were so were clubs, so were swords and spears and arrows and and all this sort of thing i mean for pete 's sake, you could come come out there with a frying pan and clock some people over the head, and I mean that could be a weapon of war as well. Should we ban those i mean Whatever. But nonetheless, they, there's this push these days, and, and there's been plenty of shootings, and we all yes. get that. And those are tragic, and so that, that's not good. But if we're going to enact legislation on guns, it should do something to actually minimize crime... Thank you. ...rather than just, <clears throat> excuse me, make things more onerous for law-abiding gun owners. In the case of what I brought today, this is what's called a stabilizing brace, okay? So the way that these things work, and... Yeah, you're going to
0: have to raise it a little high. Perfect.
1: So, the way that this works is there's a strap on the back, and you're allowed to put your arm through there. And these were originally designed for uh, members of the military or people who've maybe lost the use of a a limb, you know, their arm or whatnot. So, you're able to, you know, stabilize it on your arm. Also,
0: somebody who's 67 years old, you get a little tired if you're going to be doing a lot of shooting. So, Mm -hmm. it helps stabilize so that there's none of this. And, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. I'm 67.
1: Sure. So, the The issue and why I bring this, I borrowed this from some friends. ATF, if you're watching, I don't own this, okay? And so I'm not going to be taking it to my house. But nonetheless, here's what happens is AR-15s, of course, come in all sorts of different packages and and, um, build arrangements and things like that. So if a barrel is less than 16 inches, you know, the, the NFA... Uh, National Firearms Act from, I think, the 1930s or whatever, they reclassify that. Well, that's a short-barreled rifle, and so now, that, now those are scary because that could be more concealable. Well, try shoving an AR-15 down the front of your pants and carrying that concealed. It just doesn't work. No. So <clears throat> so what people have done, anyway, uh, they've bought these stabilizing braces for AR pistols, and by the way, over the last 15 to 20 years, the ATF multiple times has said, This does not change it into a rifle. It's perfectly legal. No problem. You are well within your rights. It's no issue whatsoever. All it is is an add-on. That's exactly right.
0: It it, it doesn't change the power of the gun or anything else. Well,
1: correct. And so now what's going on is the ATF went in and they reclassified the definition because there's anywhere between 10 and 40 million of these type of stabilizers. And this isn't the only one. But there's a number of different stabilizing braces out there to where they've said, now we're going to reclassify these. After they've said you're completely legal doing this, we're going to reclassify all these things into a short-barreled rifle. And they said, well, we're going to be real generous here, so we're going to give you a 120-day amnesty period (laughs) to take this off and destroy it, take it off the gun... Or you can take pictures, you can register your you know, pistol as, a, as now a short-barreled rifle, or you can turn in the gun if you want, or you can destroy it, things like that. So what's going on with this, this is, in my opinion, the largest case of federal entrapment in U.S. history because after May 31 if uh, now after this amnesty period is gone, if they would somehow come in and find you with one of these on your AR pistol, which was always legal, by the way, now they could say, well, now you're a felon. So there's two issues here. One is you have a bunch of unelected bureaucrats, i.e. the ATF, at their at their whim, they are going into reclassifying definitions. This is a massive problem. And two this is the, again, it's the largest case of federal entrapment in U.S. history.
0: Because what's going to happen if you don't hear about this in 120 days and something, you're out at the shooting range or whatever, somebody decides to come in and check off the range and you've got one. And it's not registered. Well, if
1: the wrong person has the wrong burr under their saddle that day and they said, oh, where's your registration paperwork for that? Well, now, or, or if they and they turn you into the ATF and they come looking for that, well, now you could, you know, be charged as a felon. Well... Any laws truly need to go through Congress, through the yes. House, the Senate, and all that. The ATF, I mean, they can put out rules, but they're not actually laws, but they will be enforced as such. And so that's that's where we're at. And so I guess the question out there to the listeners would be, are you comfortable with a government that can just, uh, at its whim, go and reclassify definitions from things that were completely legal? And now they can say, well, well now this is going to be illegal, and you're a felon if— if we catch you with this on your, you know, what was a legal AR pistol. And how many people don't know that? I'm going to guess from anywhere from 10 to 40 million of these things in the public. Yeah, I'm guessing there's a lot. There's going to be an extremely high percentage of people who don't know that.
0: The other thing is, is it's going to also open the door for them to come in and take all of your guns because they're saying you haven't done what we asked you to do. Therefore, mm-hmm. you have lost your right to own all of your firearms and we're taking them. Right. Right. It's, it's the same argument.
1: really It's this slippery slope argument of the people who say, well, the Constitution, and this would be more on the liberal side of the aisle, the Constitution is a living, breathing document.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> love that. I think we were, one of my favorites. We were
1: having a conversation yeah. at a separate location one time, and a friend of ours made the, made the point. He goes, well, what if, what if in your city or on your highway, all of a sudden the, the highway patrol or the city police said, well, we have living, breathing speed limits. And so now you could be driving down the road. Let's say it's uh, down to Mers, Okay. So it's 40 miles an hour. Now we all go like 50 down that road, but, (laughs) but uh, you're, it's a 40 mile an hour speed limit. And let's just say somebody's going 35, but, and all of a sudden you get pulled over and the police officer says, well, you know, it's, it's kind of a living, breathing speed limit out here. So today it's actually 25. So you're 10 over the speed limit. No, what's written down says 40 miles an hour. And where I'm going with this is the Second Amendment says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, uh, the rights of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is not a living, breathing document. No. This is a rule that says it shall not be infringed.
0: Well, and what people don't understand is I am not armed because I want to hunt deer. Um, do I hunt? Absolutely, mm-hmm. but the purpose of the Second Amendment, because they say, "Well, you don't need a right, you don't need an AR to hunt deer." My God, I'm going. I don't have an AR to hunt deer. I have an AR to hunt coyote sure <laughs> okay yeah, yeah, yeah. now that i have but but what what i'm trying to get across to people is it, the second amendment is not about freaking hunting people mm-hmm. it's about your ability to protect yourself from a tyrannical government and when you look at what's happening right now with the atf when you look at what happens with the fbi and the durham report and other thing if you're at all infirmed houston we have a problem with we're, we're heading very quickly towards a tyrannical government that is going to be infringing on a lot of my rights which is why the second amendment was written
1: a hundred percent. Correct. Uh, yeah. A hundred percent. You know, guaranteed <laughs> the the guys who wrote the constitution and put in the amendments, uh, they had just come out of a tyrannical government exactly. under the rule of England, you know, taxation without representation and all, you know, all those things. So when they were writing the rules for the new country, you know, believe me, the first thing on their mind was like, ah, I really want to retain my rights to go duck hunting. No, it wasn't about that at all but so there is the the very real thing of yeah the it's a check and balance against the government from the people, and by the way, when we have doc documents in this country that says our government is by the people, for the people, and of the people well that we're, that should be pretty explanatory
0: you would think, but we're losing a lot of that we're we're losing a lot of where we have people in power that are designed to represent the people. They're basically seeming to be in power to represent themselves. Mm -hmm. And all we are is pawns on a chessboard who are easily replaced. And that is, again, why the Second Amendment was written, because they came out of a war against royalty and people who looked upon the peasants, which is what they were, as nothing more than tools to get something that you wanted. And as soon as that was done, well, they were disposable. And since we live in an increasingly disposable society today, it doesn't surprise me that the Second Amendment is becoming more and more necessary.
1: Yeah. So my question to you is, what is... The First Amendment, of course, is free speech. Free speech, right? yep. And what, that's... what <laughs> helps guarantee free speech? Well, that'd be the, the Second, second Amendment, Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, and it's a it's a check and balance against you know the the overreaches of the government. And you know, the, where is it where it says that the the every once in a while the tree of liberty has to be re- refreshed uh, by the blood of you know, tyrants? And uh, I'm, I'm
0: messing up the quote. Well, but. but... You, But the thing you have to realize is that this is simply history repeating itself. We have gone through these types of periods uh, over the centuries where people that have amassed a lot of money and a lot of power think of themselves as better than everybody else and in control of everything and need to be... Quite frankly, smacked on the nose with a rolled-up newspaper and told, mm-hmm. snap out of it. And we're heading right into that same period again.
1: Well, you take a look at what's going on uh, around the country, and specifically, I mean, I think this is coming up in the show later, but you look at what's going on in Minnesota. I looked at very recently what was going on in Michigan and, and other states around the country where I truly believe that this is a divide-and-conquer strategy. Absolutely, uh, it is. By the left, what's going on. Um, in the course, in the case of Minnesota, you know, uh, Governor Tim Walz, I like to call him Tim Jong Un because he's oh. such a tyrant over there. But anyway, so Tim Walz just signed in two two new gun control things. Yes, he did. And and all this is said, you know, this is going to increase hmm. safety. Well, now it's universal background checks. Okay, and a lot of people don't understand what that. Is. But any transfer of any gun uh, in any way now has to go through a background
0: check. I want to make sure people understand. This means if I die and I give my gun in my will to my child, they mm-hmm. now have to go, and I'm talking my adult child. I'm correct. 67 years old, so I'm not giving it to a three-year-old. They have to go through the entire process again, whether they've gone through it once or not. Yep,
1: yep. No, that's that's correct. And as the laws stand right now, at least this is the way it is in the case in North Dakota. One, you can't sell uh, firearms across state lines. No. But private sales are still completely legal. Yes. And when it comes to private sales, you or I could not knowingly sell a gun to somebody who's not able to pass a, a background check. Now there's a it's kind of the honor system when, when you come to that. So are there is there a possibility for somebody that shouldn't have a firearm or that's you know not legally allowed to have a firearm to get one? Sure, that possibility is out there. But statistics in in uh, crime stats don't back that up. I mean, almost you know half of the guns are stolen. Almost the exactly. other half are bought illegally. And so when, when, when legislation like this comes through, it just makes it more problematic for law-abiding gun owners.
0: Well, that's the point I wanted to get across, is it's not you and me selling my gun to my buddy. Right. It's the guy on the street who's who's getting a gun in a paper bag and getting handed <laughs> 500 bucks uh, because he wants to handle some business and stuff like that. That's the problem. And none of these laws are going to impact any of those transactions they're right. just going to make it more difficult for you and i to enjoy what we do which is wonderfully controlled gun ownership i would i would dearly
1: love to see the atf rolling around in the worst neighborhoods of new york and san francisco and chicago and la all these roll into compton uh, to some of these illegal gun sales that are going on. hey that's got to go through a background check you guys I mean, how is that going to go over? I mean, come on. It, they don't care about that anyway.
0: Well, uh, I've been to Sturgis several times, and I've sat next to uh, a, a group of people called the Banditos. Let, yeah, me, yeah. let me tell you, the Banditos Motorcycle Club is not worried right now about running through a background check. We're <laughs> going to come back to the Minnesota and the Michigan rules here, but we're going to first go to Churchill's Shoes.
2: Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand City Mall.
0: Come on in and visit Churchill's Shoes. You will be very happy that you did, and your feet will be even more happy. So we've got some wonderful changes that have taken place in, in Minnesota. and Michigan, I know a little bit more about. You're going to help me on that. But Minnesota uh, has got me a little bit nervous because we, we have the family farm down there, and we, we stand to be greatly impacted by what goes on there. And, for example, uh, you know, if if right now it sounds like, if you just even make someone nervous, you have the ability to be red flagged, which means somebody's going to come in, and until they deem it necessary, you're going to lose your guns. So
1: I, I just read this, and this is off of CBS News, but it says red the law, the red flag law that uh, Minnesota just signed in is divided into two separate parts. It creates a red red flag law, and it says here allowing family members, spouses, roommates, or law enforcement to ask a court to suspend somebody's accent, someone's accents to guns if a judge determines they're in significant danger of harming themselves or somewhere else, <clears throat> or someone else, excuse me.
0: Okay, so here's the problem I have. Um, you piss off your kid, <laughs> and, and they decide they want to get... <laughs> not that
1: parents ever do that. Not but. that
0: parents ever do that. At, um, you, you have a vengeful ex. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a neighbor who thinks that uh, no one should own God. This opens up the door for a lot of trouble.
1: It it does. The the big question to people out there is, are you comfortable living in a society where just based on somebody's supposition or their, you know, they, no proof, but they just want to say, you know, I, I see this person they seem to have violent tendencies and they seem to be pretty depressed about something and I think they're going to be do something really dangerous there's not even proof out here and so are there are there liabilities in a free society of course there are but the, but the those liabilities pale in comparison to the benefits of liberty
0: well what scares me so much is that we've lost the the burden of proof being That's innocent it. until proven guilty it's rather forgive me, but it's rather like January 6th, where those people were just thrown in jail on the supposition that mm-hmm. they were guilty, and some of them have been in there now for two years <laughs> yeah. while they're waiting for trial still because it's not part of the United States. It's the District of Columbia, and what I'm waiting for is some of the rules like that to start trickling over to the states, and it's going to be damn scary. Oh, it's absolutely going to be scary. I
1: mean, when when we live in a society of... There's no absolutes. There's nothing is, is rock solid, nailed to the floor. This is you know, this is the law, and here's where your safety net is. But when they can begin to change that on the whim, and, and this goes back to the conversation about those stabilizing braces yep. before. But the issue, if they can change the laws at a moment's notice, when are you ever safe? Or do we want a society of people that perpetually walks around with the fear of, oh, so they're going to get me for something. I don't even know what. But but somehow I'm going to be guilty, and there's nothing I can do to fight the system.
0: Well, and you even mentioned the fact that this new ruling on on this isn't even a law yet. It's just a. It's just a. The ATF has made the decision and changed what was the decision from mm-hmm. the past. So we're not even dealing with legislation here. The, at least the Minnesota law, bad as it is, is legislation that went through. But what scares me so much is with all of the. And I'm going to call it what it is with all of the advertising and marketing of all of these gun incidents Mm -hmm. and and with all of the focus being on terrorizing through the media people who, quite frankly, wouldn't know one end of a gun from another into just thinking that if we got rid of them all, we'd be safe, which has been proven, by the way, to be incorrect, that this is the (laughs) way that this is the way to go we put out these red flag laws and it's just opening the door to having everybody's guns confiscated. Now you have to prove you're sane or whatever to get them back.
1: I watched a a congressional hearing. This is uh, a number of years ago. Trey Gowdy was still in the House of Representatives and I thought he was excellent. And this is back at the time they were still talking about uh, the the travel lists or people that were going to be on the list for air travel or, you know, banned from air travel because of, you know, they were under suspicion of being a terrorist or whatnot. And and in this, there had been some just regular Americans who had been put on this uh, banned travel list. And <clears throat> Trey Gowdy was interviewing this uh, this lady. I forget what her name was. But nonetheless, he was interviewing her. And he said, so these people have done nothing wrong. Correct. So how can they get their rights back? to go and be able to travel freely. I mean, that's a constitutional right. You should be able to travel freely and be secure in your persons. And and she said, well, there's a process to get that back. And he said, exactly. And the word process is half of a different phrase, which is called due process. And the point was, to take rights away, that should be Huge. the due process. Yes. You have to go through the process to say, okay, you, you have given up your own right or you're your freedoms to do this there should be an investigation
0: an official investigation not just a neighbor calling up and going yo this guy worries me
1: that's exactly right that's exactly right because then where's
0: your stopping point right i disagree with you therefore i happen to know you like guns so i'm gonna punish you or you you you, you didn't give me the cell phone that i want dad so i'm gonna make sure you lose what you want i mean there is no limit
1: yeah, yeah. There, there's no limit to a to a to a world like that. And so I heard this, and I, I looked it up uh, when when Walls signed in these two gun measures in Minnesota. So there was universal background checks, and there's red flag laws now. And and what his, this is the direct quote from him: "This is not about the Second Amendment," Walls said on Friday. <laughs> "This is about the safety and security of our communities. That's what's happening here today." And I would submit that. It is not about safety and security. This is all about the Second Amendment. Yes. And that the truth is the progressive left out there hates the Second Amendment, and that's the one thing that's standing in the way of them with uh, complete domination. Go ahead and write your hate mail to me now. That's fine. Well, I have to say,
0: has anybody been in downtown St. Paul lately? You can actually, even in the middle of the afternoon. I have friends that that live there. They have sent me. They have sent me Facebook posts going, "Here, listen. I'm standing on my front porch, here, and you can hear pop, 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 pop." And she goes, "This is not fireworks, Kit. This is gunfire. Yeah. I live in St. Paul. This is gunfire. Now, this is not going to stop anybody like you and me from. I mean, the, the, we are not the problem."
1: Did those guys go through background checks before they got those guns, by the way?
0: I could be incorrect, but I'd be willing to bet that not only did they not go through a background <laughs> check, but I'd be willing to bet that they did not go through a reputable dealer to purchase said You're Ira. kidding me. I am not.
1: Well, good thing we've got these new uh, legislation measures in there now, because this will fix the whole problem.
0: I'm feeling safer already. It's, it's, see, they don't understand some things, too. In fact, like I love to point out to people, I live rural. It yeah, can be... Yeah. It can be in the state, in, in Trail County, there can be oftentimes there's one deputy on. Trail County is a big county. Now, if he's at the opposite end of the county and I'm in trouble, dialing 911 is going to mean jack. I like to dial 556. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to do. 9mm for me. But, yeah, there you, you go. Know, <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. But, but what people don't understand is if someone's coming through my door I can't go, excuse me, sir, but I just dialed 911, and it's probably, I've been given an ETA of approximately 27 minutes until they get here. Would you please stop coming through my front door until the police get here? Yeah, exactly. I'd appreciate it very much. I mean, come (laughs) on!
1: Yeah, it's, it's insane. I mean, I'll tell you this. It, it, because the left loves this. You, know, you can never do too much for education. You know, Never <laughs> pour enough money into education. I, I'm going to tell you something, and I know this based on uh, personal experience. When it comes to education... Uh, the, some things really start to break down for the left, i.e. following the science and things like that. Yes. There's a whole slew of things we could go into. But let's talk about guns. So in, in another part of my life, I work with a lot of liberal people. Shocker in today's world. But in the arts world, I, I work with a yes. lot of liberals. Now, what I've done is I've taken some of them and I said, "Hey, you want to go shooting sometime? Because because I'm the I'm the knuckle dragging Neanderthal." Uh, God you know. bless you. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah, aren't these knuckles healing oh, up well? God, God bless you, son. So, Thank God, there's some alpha <laughs> alpha males left. So what's interesting?
1: So there's a friend of mine. He grew up in in uh, California, I believe Thousand Oaks and wherever that. I think it's near L.A. Right? Yeah. If I'm thinking right, okay. So he grew up out there, never shot a gun in his life. Well, a few years ago. I said to him, uh, hey, man, you want to go shooting? Or uh, maybe I'd taken somebody else. And no, that's what it was. So he comes up to me at a rehearsal we were at, uh, because I play in an orchestra. He comes up to me at a rehearsal. He's like, well, can I go shooting with you sometime? I said, well, absolutely, dude. Yeah, it's it's a wide open thing. Come on, I'll take you. So I took him shooting. He'd never shot before, and before we went, I, I sat him down and I said, "Okay, here is how this gun works." I showed him one of my nine millimeters. This slide is going to articulate back and forth, and uh, or re- anyway, you know what it is. Don't this, get your it's fingers go, stuck. Yeah, <laughs> don't get your finger stuck. Don't sti- uh, don't stick your finger on the trigger until you're ready to fire. Here's don't how you do it. Don't
0: turn them. it sideways like you see <laughs> yeah, in the exactly. movie.
1: <laughs> So anyway, I took him shooting, and I kid you not. Five minutes after we got done, he texts me. He's like, "Dude, that's the coolest thing I've ever done. Can we go again sometime?" Well, fast forward four, or five, or uh, three years now, and and he has—I eh, bet he's got close to ten handguns, and and it, it, like he got bit hard by the gun bug. And, and now he just loves to shoot. And he goes, hey, man, when you're in town next time, can we, can we go shooting? I, I got to get some range therapy. And I'm like, yes. And this is a guy that grew up in California. So my point in telling people this is once people start to get educated about yes. a topic, and, and especially about guns, they realize this is simply a tool. All okay, that's all it is. And if you don't use it the wrong way, if you remember, it's about safety, responsibility, and oh, by the way, there's that hidden benefit of you're able to protect yourself in your home, which is which is a God-given right, by the way. And and so it, it, liberal logic starts to really break down once people understand how they work, what they are, and then they're like, well, but, I but, don't have a problem.
0: But it's those. not logic. It's emotion. That's and right. And see, that's the thing, because they live in the land of fear. And you fear most often what you do not understand, mm-hmm. especially. That's that's the first effi- effigy of fear is the, the, the boogeyman under the bed. Have you ever seen it? No. How do you know it's there? Because I've been told it's there. Yeah. Therefore, I fear it. Therefore, I will live in fear of the boogeyman for the rest of my life. Even though, but somebody told you, no, know, facts don't matter. And when you when you start to get people educated, as you said, it makes a huge difference because what they fear isn't the gun. Correct. That what they fear is the unknown portion mm-hmm. of it. And when I've seen politicians. I think it was Diane Feinstein years ago that brought one in and it was hysterical the way she was handling it. I think it's her it. 140th birthday. It today is. By the it way. is. Yeah, they got they got her <laughs> they, they got her propped up right next to Biden anyway. But 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 you could tell by the way she was handling the sucker, she'd never held a gun in her life. Yet yeah. she's standing up there pontificating about the evils of this gun. And I'm just looking at her going, "Lady, for anybody that knows diddly, you've got zero credibility. But for the crowd she was pandering to, Excellent. Excellent. Well,
1: and when it's it, your comment earlier about that it's all about emotion, when yes. you frame it, oh, well, don't you want our kids to be safe? Yes. And this is about the safety and security of our communities. This isn't about the Second Amendment. That's a bald faced lie. It's absolutely about the Second Amendment, and they hate it because they can't control a free public.
0: Well, and as a female, again, living rural and ever, everything else, and I, I spent most of my career uh, earlier on being a business business salesperson. I'm out on the, on the, on the yeah. road and everything else. Let me tell you what, uh, bad things happen out there. And bad things happen to good people, and that's why good people need to have guns, because of bad things happening to good people. Yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: Yeah, so Minnesota, they signed in the red flag laws. They signed in universal background checks. Um, I don't know how they're going to enforce that, by the way, if somebody sells a gun to somebody else. I mean, it's an unenforceable law. So where this is going is they want everything to be registered so they can come in and check exactly. on whatever they want. And to that end, uh, Michigan, uh, just last month, uh, Gretchen Whitlas out there Whitmer. Ugh. Excuse me. No, you had it right. Uh, <clears throat> so she signed in uh, safe storage laws as well. This is another one where how are you going to enforce this? Uh, basically, a safe storage law is when you, if your gun is, it gets accessed by a kid or could be accessed by a minor, and and used and used somewhere, they can come in and they can prosecute you for that. Well, how in heaven's name are they going to be able to say, well, your guns are stored properly and yours are not? I mean, what are they going to do? Knock on your door? Hey, we just want to stop by and do a safety check. We want a safety check to make sure that all your guns are locked up. And then what do you do? When, when somebody's going to try to get into your house? Ah, sorry, I got to bust into my safe. What you were talking about before? Dee, dee, yeah, dee, yeah. Dee, dee, dee. <laughs> What's my combination? Hang on a minute. Again, I got I'm a I got to run to my
0: safe for my combination. I want to get back to that because that's imperative. But first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about executive properties. Are
2: you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done asap?
0: Okay, well, let's let's get back to some of the fun stuff that's happening in Michigan with the the gun law restrictions because, as you mentioned, my favorite governor, because <laughs> <laughs> there's not much she can't screw up, and she's proved that how she got reelected again. I don't know. Oh, yes, I probably do, but that's an entire another show. So, tell me more about it. In Michigan, oh,
1: the, the yep. safe storage laws. Yeah, well, I mean. That's, that's really the extent to what I know there. I, I also know this. I was looking at a potential uh, job out there where had I moved to Michigan, you know I was looking at the gun laws because you know shocker, I, I'm kind of a gun enthusiast. I, I have a number of them and and one thing that you have to any pistol in Michigan has to be registered. okay It leaves you with the question why? Yeah because if I'm not a felon, And somebody is not a lawbreaker. We've gone and bought these through every legal channel, legal means to do it, private sales included. If there's nothing wrong with that, then what business is is it of the government to to know what you have as your own personal property? What other personal property would you like to just uh, hand over and say, well, I I registered this and that and the other thing?
0: I want to bring something up with that too because uh – I've bought several guns, gone through the background checks. I've got my concealed carry now, so I don't have to jump through as many hoops. But but the thing is, is that they, they supposedly said, oh, once that's done, that's all thrown away. That has been proven to be BS. Those, all, the, all the background information that, where yeah. the gun is registered and, and everything else that's supposedly supposed to be thrown away, not kept by the ATF, it has been uncovered that a lot of that paperwork is sitting in a warehouse. So when you ask, how are they going to know what guns we have, that's how.
1: Did you know that about uh, six, seven years ago now, there's a local gun store here in town, big name, where the, the ATF came in and they said, hey, we want all your 4473s. Did you know that happened? I did. <laughs> and, and guess <laughs> that's what? That's a scary That's deal. a scary damn deal. And if you think that that's not all been digitized at this point and it is some kind of a database, I mean, this is the argument that you run into. Well, why don't we have a national registry? Because it's none of their business. Exactly. And, and folks, that is not because people have something intrinsically in there that you have to hide. No. That's not the issue. It's kind of like, uh, oh, why aren't you on social media? You can connect with people and all this. Well, just simply because I had a bowl of cornflakes for breakfast this morning and I didn't take a picture, it's not because I have something to hide. It's just none of your business. right? It makes no difference. And that's the same thing when it comes to government overreach. I mean, <laughs> the more info they have, the more control they have. And I'm not an anarchist guy. No. But it's just none of their business, quite simply.
0: Well, see, and that's the problem I have, and and they're using guns. They're using things like. Uh medication medication with with the pandemic and stuff are you vaccinated or aren't you vaccinated none of your freaking business do you <laughs> exactly. do you own guns or don't you none of your freaking business i went into the doctor do you have guns in the home guess what my answer was none of your freaking business you're here to take my blood pressure you're here to make sure i don't drop dead none of your freaking business about anything else you know what i would
1: have done you kit this would have worked great for I mean, you you seriously. should have been like i have this one and i
0: have this one right here <laughs> Jeez. Well, I just I get so angry because this, they're using health and human services and stuff to start asking questions about do you have guns in the house? And they're asking these of young, <laughs> yeah, of yeah. young kids at school and stuff. None of your freaking business. That's the point. I mean, I mean, none of your freaking business. I'm sorry, but screw you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a quite simply. That hit the nail on the head. I mean, at sixty-seven years old, I'm sitting in the doctor's office. Do you have guns in the home? Why do you care? Planning to come over and go shooting
1: with me? I mean, Jesus. you don't think that the you don't think that the the government or bureaucrats they would want to do anything diabolical, do you? Like uh, weaponize any three letter agencies or anything? Boy, that's a big pivot into another well, topic.
0: Well, let me tell you. Here's the problem if they're working to try to establish gun ownership as a health risk. Yeah, absolutely. And so if it's a health risk, now it can be in and now it can be controlled by health and human services. Our North Dakota Health and Human Services has a 5 billion dollar budget. They are hiring more people than ever before and they're qualifying them as mental health specialists they're all going to go to classes to be qualified as mental health specialists now imagine your local mental health specialist thinks that guns are dangerous and that anybody that's yeah. sane doesn't own one
1: or if they if, if they would say yeah, I mean, take your pick of the issue whether ah, oh, white supremacy is our biggest problem in this country. I've never even met a white supremacist, okay? And probably most people haven't.
0: Okay, wait, wait. Okay, I once, Here's the deal. The, the Proud Boys and, and, and several other things, yeah. uh, black dude and a Hispanic dude run the thing. So that, I, <laughs> I just got to tell you, boy, them white supremacists, they're branching out. You know I'm saying? Do you remember when
1: Larry Elder ran for governor of California, the recall against Gavin Newsom's out there? Yeah.
0: So he,
1: when he ran, they they literally said, "Larry Elder is the he's the black he's the black face of white supremacy." Yeah. And I go, "What are you talking about? This isn't even possible."
0: I, I just have to laugh because if you own a gun, you're automatically a Nazi, and I'm just like, uh, "No, I happen to be a <laughs> I happen to be a little tiny old lady that sits out in rural North Dakota enjoying life, and you know, occasionally I have to shoot a skunk. <laughs> I'm sorry." We've got one around the chicken coop right now that's got a, that's got a and it is not Peppy LePew, so I am, I, he's his days are numbered. Good, good. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, seriously, if you think about it, when you put all of this together, there's a plan. By God, there's a plan. Well, yeah, and you just look at it from a st-
1: uh, simple statistical standpoint as well. So there's probably 400 million guns yes. in in the population of the of the United States. More guns than people they estimate. And there's n- there's no way to quantify how much it is, but that's a kind of a rough estimate. You know, about 400 million guns and over a trillion rounds of ammo out in the population right now. So statistically, do we have a gun problem? No. No, if law-abiding Gun owners were the problem. I mean, we would be in much tougher straits than we 're in right now, so I would just encourage people out there Stop first and of all, think. do the research on the people that you 're voting into office. And find out what their end game is. Because if it is nothing more or less than stripping away your rights and being able to control
0: you more, that's a massive problem. And don't think with your emotions. Well, here's the thing. The World Economic Forum, Yuval Noah Harari. I may have butchered the name, but you can look this up. This is a Quote, humans are now hackable animals. The whole idea that humans have this soul or spirit and nobody knows what's happening inside of them and they, they have free will, well, that's over. Now, remember the world economic <laughs> Forum yeah? is, the, is the group of people that, that are going out saying you will owe nothing and you will be happy and several other things. These are the people that do not want you armed. And that is their actual opinion of you. I think it was, uh, was it Karl Marx yeah. that, that said, the if you could boil
1: down socialism, communism down to one sentence, it was the abolition of private property. Yep. And that's essentially what our country is built on, is being able to have private property, own, you know, have ownership of something. And when we turn that corner to where the government owns everything up to and including you and me, we no longer live in a free society. and. Who wants to live that way, honestly?
0: Well, unfortunately, there's a bunch of college students out there that have been indoctrinated from the time they were three or four that think that that is the only way that things are going to go smoothly, that everybody's going to be equitable, and that they'll be safe. But the problem is, if you look at history, and you look at real history, not the pablum and the fake things that is being thrown in our educational face today, you will find out that socialism and communism, wherever it has been tried, has resulted. In the deaths of millions. And if we looked collectively over the centuries, it would be billions of people because one of the first things they do is they remove the right of the people to defend themselves. Yeah, but, Kit, that's
1: only because it it hasn't been instituted correctly up to this point. The only time socialism or communism haven't worked is every time it's been tried.
0: Right, and that's why AOC is going to be our next ruler because uh, because, uh, Ms. Cortez is going to make sure that it's handled correctly because she's such a brilliant theologian.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, she's uh a... yeah, she's yeah. on the Mount Everest of, uh, of yeah. thought, yeah, right there. So I want to circle back. So in the in the Constitution's Amendments Nine and Ten mm-hmm. to the to the U.S. Constitution, Amendment Nine says the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people, and then it goes right into Amendment Ten, which says the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people anything that is not specifically spelled out in the constitution is left to the states or the people and is not to be there to uh, deny those rights to the people, and that's that's where we have this massive disconnect right now. That people, once they get into the government, especially at the highest federal level—well, not even at that level, down to the lowest levels. I mean, take a look at you know you know library boards or little you know oh, yeah, people yeah. with wherever they have down. their little agendas. Their idea is that well, now this is our little this is our little kingdom over here, and so now we can rule with whatever you know shred of authority or or uh, Um, influence that we have.
0: Well, what people have to understand is that we mean nothing to them. Uh, To summarize the Durham report, which looks really bad for the FBI, Hillary Clinton paid operatives to set up Trump and frame him for treason in an attempt to oust him from power, all while Obama, Biden, and the FBI knew it was a facade, yet they went ahead with it anyway. Um, The entire deep state apparatus has done everything in their power to stop Trump. The question has to be asked, why? The question also needs to be said, why do the people love Trump so much? Because you can tell that he genuinely cares about the people. Why do they hate Clinton and now the FBI, the CIA, and most of the other alphabet soups? Because they've been weaponized against we the people and those that are awake, not woke, but th- those that are awake can see what's coming down the pike and we're, quite frankly, we're, we're beyond scared. We're pissed, Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, you nailed it on the head there. And to think that these people don't want to somehow weaponize it and to say, now we want to control the way you think, the way you act, you know, what you have for breakfast, when you blow your nose, all these different types of things. uh, That is where the government has gone off the rails. And and nobody, nobody really wants to see any kind of an uprising or anything like that. I mean, that would be very ugly, very fast. And and it'd be a, a real problem. So, I mean, I, I hope it doesn't come to that, but it, you know, we still have things that we could do about this. I.e., don't think only with your emotions; right. think on what's uh, the end game here, and vote uh, vote that way. That's the best thing that any one person could do.
0: Well, we just watched. The Netherlands confiscate 3,000 farms Mm -hmm. because of climate change, because the the small farms are causing all kinds of pollution. John Kerry was just at the World Economic Forum, and he warned that he actually came out and said, government farm confiscations in the United States are not off the table. You're kidding. I, I am not. This is a quote from John Kerry. A lot of people have no clue that agriculture contributes about 33% of all the emissions of the world. He said this during his keynote address. We can't get to net zero. We don't get this job done unless agriculture is front and center as part of the solution. All of us must understand the depths of this mission. So you understand that agriculture provides almost 100% of the food in our world as well? No. The man is a raving freaking idiot. But see, it's not about food because we don't matter. All they care about is whether or not they eat. But see, this is why it's necessary to make sure that the guns are... The, the farmers in in the Netherlands fought back by driving their their tractors to the Hague. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they I were, saw that. And they were had the manure spreaders and were throwing literally manure all over the place and stuff because they have no other way to defend themselves. <laughs> we here do so far. And what I'm trying to tell people is, if you think they're not coming for our stuff, you're incredibly wrong. We have one more quick profit margin right. break, and then I want to get your response to Obscene that. seen profits, people. <laughs> because, of, oh, for heaven's cakes. There's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. And that's where oh, for heaven's cakes comes in. The best cupcakes and cakes for special occasions or just a treat. They make incredible specialty items by order, or you can just walk in and find mm-hmm. out more. While you're there, enjoy some lunch. And if you have a business owner and you want to make sure that you treat your employees, check out their monthly employee discounts. O for Heaven's Cakes on the north back side of the Grand Cities Mall, open Tuesdays through Friday from 10 to 4, Saturdays from 9 to noon. Call 701 757 Cake. That's 701 757 2253, or go to O for Heaven's Cakes at yahoo.com. And you can be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. Now it says here if you're looking for a job, oh for heaven's cakes is hiring and the other thing i'd like to remind everybody about is june is wedding months if you want a great wedding cake get in now and get your order in because these people are busy so all right what do you think about the last tarot i just gave you there buddy about all of that. You're looking, you're looking at being, well, a, being a, cup be a cupcake beautiful in a cupcake. world of muff, muff. Yes! I just Yes! <laughs> sweetheart, you already are a beautiful cupcake. Why, just, I just wanted to you. let you know. But, but seriously, these people are looking at confiscating land. And trust me, do you think if there's any of these farmers here that are just going to go, okay, you can come take my, my land? Because it's only going to be the small guys they're going to go after because what they want is the corporate farms. Well, sure, they want corporate farming, and
1: and that should be very telling to anybody out there. When when somebody like John Kerry yep. says that uh, confiscation of private farms is not off the table, are you kidding me? Nope. Where where are they going with this? And what else could they say? Well. You know, This is another contributor to climate change, and so we're going to take that away from you as well. Do you remember – and I've, I've heard this clip I don't know how many times, but there's a video out there. I think it was – I don't know. Was it a TED Talk? Bill Gates was out there, and he says – you know we're gonna t- we're gonna do a little uh, algebra equation here, and there's there's really four factors. There there's people, there's goods and services used, and blah 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 blah. All the, these these other two factors beyond that, and these are all contributing to climate change. And he goes, now in order to get uh, emissions down to net zero, one of these one of these factors has to be pretty close to has to get down to about zero, right? Well, if one of the factors is people, yep, I mean. <laughs> You start off on the wrong foot there. And and his comment was, you know, through vaccines and healthcare we can probably reduce the reduced population by 10 to 15%. Hence the that pandemic
0: is over a billion people yes, gone. Yes it is. Yes it is. And hence the pandemic <laughs> and all the vaccines. But here's the other thing is is the fact is that people don't understand they're saying it out loud. Right. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with you that you're still sitting there going, oh, no, no, that's not what he meant. The hell is it? what How else would you interpret that?
1: What? There is no other way to interpret it and and I'm going to go back to the voting thing here just uh, just for one one second here. So I believe in the last presidential election, which was you know Biden against Trump and in that election, I believe it was about fifty percent of the of the uh, eligible voters in North Dakota went and voted and and I think that that statistic would stand up pretty strong across the country. you know half maybe fifty five sixty percent of people voted. Well well here's the issue. We have an apathy problem in this country. And if the problem isn't big enough to get off your rear end and go vote, then I mean you got yourselves to blame for not doing that. And yeah. and all these people that say well the silent majority they're out there. No, I call them the uh, the scared majority the you know the the pansies in our population well, they just don't uh, want i don't to want go to vote. offend
0: anybody and i just i just i just you know so if I speak out people will get mad, oh wow,
1: <laughs> well, and these people that i don't vote. I don't vote. I, either I don't want to be on a voter roll or, you know, some people I would say in, in more, you know, religious circles would say, well, I'm not going to vote because, you know, I, I just trust that God's going to give us what we, what we need. Okay, well, fine. But we live in, we live in a, a material world. Yep. And, and God has given us uh, basic uh, things that we need to take the initiative and do. It's like the farmer. I mean, he could sit on his knees in front of his couch all summer long and, you know, pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Oh, please feed my family and all this. But if you don't actually go put the seeds in the ground and then trust, you know, in, in my world, you know, trust God for the results, then you should starve. Because you're not doing the bare minimum, and when is it that people don't have to be a steward of the rights and privileges and liberties that we have in the
0: in the country in which we live? God gave us free will for a reason. Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, just to dump, uh, to dump it all back in his lap and go, all right, you're the pilot. You're, I mean, that's the problem. <laughs> you see, we've got, we've got people that are looking at the government in the same way. I don't want to have to deal with this. I don't want to have to worry about this. I, don't, some, I want my parent government to take care of me. I want, my, I want God to take care of me. God is doing his job just fine, that's but right. he needs a little support.
1: What? He just expects us to do—you know, there's the principle, and this is another biblical principle, so if you folks don't like this, too bad, because I'm going to say it anyway, but the biblical principle, if a man will not work, neither should he eat. The Bible does not say, if a man cannot work, neither should he eat. So so should we help those that are in genuine need? Absolutely. I think we would all agree with that. But, but if a man will not work, neither should he eat. You know, the person that is able-bodied out there and just refuses to work, you know what the best thing that can happen to you? Extreme hunger. And if that's not enough to get you off your rear end to go work, you know, you should you should probably die of hunger because you don't earn anything.
0: Well, and, and here's the thing that I always like to when they say God will take care of it. Okay, well, there are some things that I prayed just voraciously for yeah. to God, all right? Didn't get them. Years later, I went thank you, Jesus. God, you knew more than I did. So what I'm trying to say is, if you're sitting here going, God's going to take care of it, maybe the way he's taking care of it is empowering you to get off your arse, speak up, and fight back.
1: Well, and, and what's wrong with that? Being being a voice for common sense. You know, common sense, hey, hey, how about that? <laughs> or conservatism no. or, or actual good values in this country. I mean, you and I have talked ad nauseum before about what's going on with the whole trans issue. And you know, men wrecking women's sports i I have to ask you this and this is a hard pivot but i have to ask you because i'm i'm very curious in in your perspective on this i heard somebody else bring up bring up this issue and when people said why aren't men standing up for women with this whole trans issue right now and you know women in or men walking into women's sports locker rooms all this sort of thing why aren't men standing up where are they and this person brought up You know, for the last 20 to 30 years with the extreme feminism movement, women have said, we don't need men for this. We don't need men for that. Don't hold the door for me. You don't have to pay for this. You don't have to do, you know, whatever. You know, we're just as good in every way. And so stay out of our lives. Well, now the men are kind of staying out of it and just saying, well, all right, fight your own battle. And what's happening is the hardcore feminists out there are doing Nothing. anything nothing to stand up for their for their
0: own rights and I'm telling you in 20 years all the best female athletes will be dudes I, the, the thing that I don't know somebody said why would a man want to compete in a woman's sport and I said well because they can't compete against other males they're, they're they lose every time they're like the guys that are doing this are like ranked 400 and something yeah. uh, in the men's division of the sports they come into the women's division don't have to work extra at all i mean no extra work no extra sweat no nothing and they'll ace it and they'll and they'll they'll leave us in the dust even though <laughs> yeah. we've spent decades working towards this goal and all they have to do is sashay somewhere and go i'm i'm a, i feel like a woman now and then most of them even in the locker room while they're wagging the maleness around will go, I still like girls because they think they're going to be able to benefit both ways. And why not? Because that's the way the world has gotten. Women want to be, women want to be strong until it's profitable for us to be weak. And well, someone needs to defend me. No, you don't get to play it both ways. On that's why I'm not a feminist. I'm a strong woman. There's a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I am not going to go uh, suddenly. Oh, I need someone to protect me. I'm no. You can ask my husband. That's a hard no. Now, do I do I appreciate it when a man stands up with me? Yes, but we have told men consistently sit down and shut up for so long. They've decided. They're good with that. <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Because okay. you guys Thank can't win. I love you, that perspective. You guys can't win. You guys cannot win. You stand up for us, we're going to say, I can fight my own battles. You don't stand up for us, we're going to go, why aren't you fighting for me? <laughs> you guys can't freaking win. You are in a no-win situation. You want to know what I'd do? I'd grab my, not my Bud Light, I would grab my my strong beer and sit down too and say, I'm just going to grab the popcorn and see how this one works out. And we are going to lose our asses as females in the sports world.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. that's it, That's exactly right. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what can be done there. I mean, other than it, to the best of my ability, I try to be a voice for it and to say, hey, this is, this is wrong. We can't go down this road. And again, back to what I said earlier in this podcast, if there are no absolutes in the world, nothing that you can really lock down as foundational, fundamental principles that you can live by in life and fundamental absolutes, then we're left to a world of relative morality, and take a look, if, if people have a problem with that, take a look at, well, I mean, all through world history, but especially yes. take a look at 20th century communism or nazism or socialism fascism all that kind of stuff and what that has done in our world because they've been able to quote-unquote logic their way through anything whether it's euthanasia whether it's abortion whether it's to well you know this yeah. uh, this sect of people over here this group of people this race of people they, they need to be exterminated and all this falls under relative morality yes and, and people have gone along with it this is why People have to stand up against these issues and say, enough is enough. We're not going to do this.
0: That's why I keep saying this is just a repeat. This is a repeat of the fall of the, the Greek Empire, yep. the fall of the Roman Empire. If you know anything about the fall of the Roman Empire and Caligula, who married his horse because he had already been married to his sister. And, I mean, I mean, the, the, the debauchery and the, the push for sexual abnormality yep. to become the norm in the Roman Empire was huge, along with a whole bunch of other things. I mean, you can sit here and you can watch it walk, lock. Step and go. Okay, this is from this century. This is from that century. We are doing nothing new, people. No, I mean the, we've got technology. The human condition doesn't change. No, we have got technology thrown into the mix, but and people go, oh, wait No, it's the same damn playbook. Mm-hmm. It's just able to take on the entire world. It's not just the Roman Empire going down this time. It's the freaking world. Because of the technology and the ability to look at the globe as a massive scale thing, which is what the world economic form and the rest of them are doing, we're not just going to lose one focal point of humanity and culture and strength. We're going to, we're going to lose it all. And it's going to go to a very small group of people, once again, who will decide who wins and who loses based upon their wealth, their power, and how much butt they kiss.
1: Yeah, there's a massive difference between a company here or there that will say, Hey, we, we value our human capital because these are the employees, these are the people that we that uh, we hire and they we're paying them to do a great job and so we're profitable <laughs> because of that. There's a massive difference between that and a government saying, No, the population is our human capital, and so now we can use this to to whatever means we want. And and we own them. Yep. You know, when you when you start to own people this is this is a very very bad thing, and, and I don't think people see it coming.
0: Well, they don't. And the thing that I love so much when I go out and talk to people is, oh, that won't happen here. My uh, my adoptive mother, uh, through a vast real uh, way of different, she just she survived Auschwitz, and wow. and oh. so I can tell you because because Sophia always made sure we knew, and Sophia said they 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 refused to see what was right in their face. Now, Sophia uh, went down fighting. She, went, she was captured. She was a freedom fighter. But she said so many of the other people just sat and waited mm. because they thought it would not happen here. And so she wanted to make sure when we were children we understood nothing is forever and it can always happen to you. She said that's why it's so important we try to see that it never happens again and it's, it's
1: happening again. Right. Yeah, if people don't start to wrap their minds around this and, and say, okay, here, here's the track record, here's what we've seen before, history will repeat itself, and we are naive to think that in some place, and, and we always hear, well, you know, the, the U.S. military is too strong. It can't be beaten and stuff like this. Well, the U.S., you know, this or the, the world needs uh, the U.S. for you know, whatever reason. You know, the, the Federal Reserve currency is on the bubble right now. We yeah. may not be the Federal Reserve currency for that much longer. That could go somewhere China, else. I think China's, China's making already a got, huge yeah, play for China's
0: that. already got, got their
1: fingers in. Once that's gone, <laughs> I mean, I, economically, the Great Depression might have been a bountiful time for what we might be headed for.
0: Well, the thing I want everybody to realize, too, is we've, we've, we're almost out of time here, I mean, I'm going to ask you for a few final words, but I want to leave people with this little light, and that is China is calling in its loans. A lot sure of people they don't know that. They're calling in their loans to a lot of their countries, Pakistan and a lot of other countries that owe China money. China is calling in their loans, and we owe China money.
1: Well, we owe China money as well. But wait, take a look at what's happening in some of the African nations, whether it's South Africa or Liberia or – you know, t- take your pick. Over there, I mean, China has subsidized those countries over there big time to say we will, you know, provide infrastructure or whatever you need to be able to do uh, mining over here, whether it's rare earth minerals or whatever. And so and they know that those countries can't pay back. And so if you can't pay back with money, you you get paid back with influence and power and control. And and China, I mean. I, I hate hate to say I tip my cap to them, but they're exceptionally good at playing the long game. They did this way back in the old old Silk Road days. Well, oh, yeah, we'll build the roads through your country, trade routes and all this, but we get a cut of everything that comes through there. And what they're doing now, whether it's trying to buy up farmland in North Dakota or wherever. Michigan is
0: 52. 52 companies are coming into Michigan trying to buy up agricultural land, and each – purchase is getting larger. And
1: when they get a cut off of all of that and they have control of what's going in uh, going on in your what should be an autonomous country um, at some point you have to start asking I mean do we actually own our country anymore?
0: Well that's the one thing I want to leave everybody with today um, I want to let them know that the United States has for ever since our inception and stuff been the bastion Uh, as long as the United States remained strong, the American dream and everything else, it gave people hope. And the one thing that I I truly see happening here across the world is once the United States falls, even if it's through economic or whatever, the hope for the world is basically going to disintegrate because where the hell are you going to go? Yeah, that's right. Where the hell are you going to go? And that's why it is so important that we remain aware, that we remain strong, and that we keep the Constitution alive as it is. It is not a living, breathing document. It was written by some very smart people who came through some very tough times. And, ladies and gentlemen, we are due to go through some very tough times here in the future. Mark, what have you got to say that for the good of the order here before we take For off? the good
1: of the order? Well, I, I probably need to go home maybe run a couple <laughs> rounds through an AR-15 or something like that. And, uh, and have fun but no Kit th- thanks for having me on again it's always a pleasure to, to be able to talk with you and you know discuss some conservative values okay. trigger a few liberals <laughs> and uh, just have a have a good uh, conversation with you well
0: you know the way I look at life is this if I have reached uh, one or two people or, or somebody shares this show and says hey just listen to these these, these two morons out there chatting <laughs> away with each other and somebody maybe goes you know I hadn't thought of it that way we have done our job so everybody I just want to tell you Hopefully, we, at, we it's Memorial Day. We will not be with you next Monday, but the following Monday we'll be back. Stop in. Check us out on Rumble. Share the link with everybody. And remember, Common Sense Uncensored, spelled funny, is here to tell you the facts. Everybody, take care. We love you. Bye-bye.